Chapter Thirty of the Legacy of Cain. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Warren Cotty, Gurney, Illinois. The Legacy of Cain by Wilkie Collins. Chapter Thirty, Eunice's Diary through the day and through the night i feel a misery that never leaves me i mean the misery of fear i am trying to find out some harmless means of employing myself which will keep evil remembrances from me if i don't succeed my fear tells me what will happen i shall be in danger of going mad i dare not confide in any living creature I don't know what other persons might think of me, or how soon I might find myself perhaps in an asylum. In this helpless condition, doubt and fright seem to be driving me back to my journal. I wonder whether I shall find harmless employment here. I have heard of old people losing their memories. What would I not give to be old? I remember. Oh, how I remember! one day after another i see philip i see helena as i first saw them when i was among the trees in the park my sweetheart's arms that once held me hold my sister now she kisses him kisses him kisses him is there no way of making myself see something else i want to get back to remembrances that don't burn in my head and tear at my heart how is it to be done i have tried books no i have tried going out to look at the shops no i have tried saying my prayers no and now i am making my last effort trying my pen my black letters fall from it and take their places on the white paper will my black letters help me where can i find something consoling to write down where where selina poor selina so fond of me so sorry for me when i was happy she was happy too it was always amusing to hear her talk oh my memory be good to me save me from philip and helena i want to remember the pleasant days when my kind little friend and i used to gossip in the garden no the days in the garden won't come back what else can i think of the recollections that i try to encourage keep away from me the other recollections that i dread come crowding back still philip still helena but selina mixes herself up with them let me try again if i can think of selina how delightfully good to me and patient with me she was on our dismal way home from the park and how affectionately she excused herself for not having warned me of it when she first suspected that my own sister and my worst enemy were one and the same i know i was wrong my dear to let my love and pity close my lips but remember how happy you were at the time the thought of making you miserable was more than i could endure i am so fond of you 
yes i began to suspect them on the day when they first met at the station and i am afraid i thought it just likely that you might be as cunning as i was and have noticed them too oh how ignorant she must have been of my true thoughts and feelings how strangely people seem to misunderstand their dearest friends knowing as i did that i could never love any man but philip could i be wicked enough to suppose that philip would love any woman but me i explained to selina how he had spoken to me when we were walking together on the bank of the river shall i ever forget those exquisite words i wish i was a better man eunice i wish i was good enough to be worthy of you i asked selina if she thought he was deceiving me when he said that she comforted me by owning that he must have been in earnest at the time and then she distressed me by giving the reason why my love you must have innocently said something to him when you and he were alone which touched his conscience when he had a conscience and made him ashamed of himself ah you were too fond of him to see how he changed for the worse when your vile sister joined you and took possession of him again it made my heart ache to see you so unsuspicious of them you asked me my poor dear if they had quarrelled you believed they were tired of walking by the river when it was you they were tired of and you wondered why helena took him to see the school my child she was the leading spirit at the school and you were nobody her vanity saw the chance of making him compare you at a disadvantage with your clever sister i declare eunice i lose my head if i only think of it all the strong points in my character seem to slip away from me would you believe it i have neglected that sweet infant at the cottage i have even let mrs molly have her baby back again if i had the making of the laws philip dunboyne and helena gracedew should be hanged together on the same gallows i see i shock you don't let us talk of it oh don't let us talk of it and here am i writing of it what i had determined not to do is what i have done am i losing my senses already the very names that i was most anxious to keep out of my memory stare me in the face in the lines that i have just written philip again helena again another day and something new that must and will be remembered shrink from it as i may this afternoon i met helena on the stairs she stopped and eyed me with a wicked smile she held out her hand we are likely to meet often while we are in the same house she said hadn't we better consult appearances and pretend to be as fond of each other as ever i took no notice of her hand i took no notice of her shameless proposal she tried again after all it isn't my fault if philip likes me better than he likes you don't you see that i still refused to speak to her she still persisted how black you look eunice 
are you sorry you didn't kill me when you had your hands on my throat i said yes she laughed and left me i was obliged to sit down on the stair i trembled so my own reply frightened me i tried to find out why i had said yes i don't remember being conscious of meaning anything it was as if somebody else had said yes not i perhaps i was provoked and the word escaped me before i could stop it could i have stopped it i don't know another sleepless night did i pass the miserable hours in writing letters to philip and then tearing them up or did i only fancy that i wrote to him i have just looked at the fireplace the torn paper in it tells me that i did write why did i destroy my letters i might have sent one of them to philip after what has happened oh no no having been many days away from the girls scripture class it seemed to be possible that going back to the school and the teaching might help me to escape from myself nothing succeeds with me i found it impossible to instruct the girls as usual their stupidity soon reached the limit of my patience suffocated me with rage one of them a poor fat feeble creature began to cry when i scolded her i looked with envy at the tears rolling over her big round cheeks if i could only cry i might perhaps bear my hard fate with submission i walked toward home by a roundabout way feeling as if want of sleep was killing me by inches in the high street i saw helena she was posting a letter and was not aware that i was near her leaving the post office she crossed the street and narrowly escaped being run over suppose the threatened accident had really taken place how should i have felt if it had ended fatally what a fool i am to be putting questions to myself about things that have not happened the walking tired me i went straight home before i could ring the bell the house door opened and the doctor came out he stopped to speak to me while i had been away he said something had happened at home he neither knew nor wished to know what which had thrown my father into a state of violent agitation the doctor had administered composing medicine my patient is asleep now he told me but remember what i said to you the last time we met a longer rest than any doctor's prescription can give him is what he wants you are not looking well yourself my dear what is the matter i told him of my wretched restless nights and asked if i might take some of the composing medicine which he had given to my father he forbade me to touch a drop of it what is physic for your father you foolish child is not physic for a young creature like you he said count a thousand if you can't sleep tonight or turn your pillow i wish you pleasant dreams he went away amused at his own humor i found selina waiting to speak with me on the subject of poor papa she had been startled on hearing his voice loud in anger 
in the fear that something serious had happened she left her room to make inquiries and saw helena on the landing of the flight of stairs beneath leaving the study after waiting till my sister was out of the way selina ventured to present herself at the study door and to ask if she could be of any use my father walking excitedly up and down the room declared that both his daughters had behaved infamously and that he would not suffer them to speak to him again until they had come to their senses on the subject of mr dunboyne he would enter into no further explanation and he had ordered rather than requested selina to leave him having obeyed she tried next to find me and had just looked into the dining-room to see if i was there when she was frightened by the sound of a fall in the room above that is to say in the study running upstairs again she had found him insensible on the floor and had sent for the doctor and mind this selina continued the person who has done the mischief is the person whom i saw leaving the study what your unnatural sister said to provoke her father that your unnatural sister will tell you herself helena's voice added she had opened the door while we were too much absorbed in our talk to hear her selina attempted to leave the room i caught her by the hand and held her back i was afraid of what i might do if she left me by myself never have i felt anything like the rage that tortured me when i saw helena looking at us with the same wicked smile on her lips that had insulted me when we met on the stairs have we anything to be ashamed of i said to selina stay where you are you may be of some use miss jogal if you stay my sister suggested eunice seems to be trembling is she angry or is she ill the sting of this was in the tone of her voice it was the hardest thing i ever had to do in my life but i did succeed in controlling myself go on with what you have to say i answered and don't notice me you are not very polite my dear but i can make allowances oh come come putting up your hands to stop your ears is too childish you would do better to express regret for having misled your father yes you did mislead him only a few days since you left him to suppose that you were engaged to philip it became my duty after that to open his eyes to the truth and if i unhappily provoked him it was your fault i was strictly careful in the language i used i said dear father you have been misinformed on a very serious subject the only marriage engagement for which your kind sanction is requested is my engagement i have consented to become mrs philip dunboyne stop i said why am i to stop because i have something to say you and i are looking at each other does my face tell you what is passing in my mind your face seems to be paler than usual she answered that's all no i said that is not all the devil that possessed me when i discovered you with philip is not cast out of me yet 
silence that sneering devil that is in you or we may both live to regret it whether i did or did not frighten her i cannot say this only i know she turned away silently to the door and went out i dropped on the sofa that horrid hungering for revenge which i felt for the first time when i knew how helena had wronged me began to degrade and tempt me again in the effort to get away from this new evil self of mine i tried to find sympathy in selina and called to her to come and sit by me she seemed to be startled when i looked at her but she recovered herself and came to me and took my hand i wish i could comfort you she said in her kind simple way keep my hand in your hand i told her i am drowning in dark water and i have nothing to hold by but you oh my darling don't talk in that way good selina dear selina you shall talk to me say something harmless tell me a melancholy story try to make me cry my poor little friend looked sadly bewildered i'm more likely to cry myself she said this is so heartbreaking i almost wish i was back in the time before you came home the time when your detestable sister first showed how she hated me i was happy meanly happy in the spiteful enjoyment of provoking her oh eunice i shall never recover my spirits again all the pity in the world would not be pity enough for you so hardly treated so young so forlorn your good father too ill to help you your poor mother i interrupted her she had interested me in something better than my own wretched self i asked directly if she had known my mother my dear child i never even saw her has my father never spoken to you about her only once when i asked him how long she had been dead he told me you lost her while you were an infant and he told me no more i was looking at her portrait in the study only yesterday i think it must be a bad portrait your mother's face disappoints me i had arrived at the same conclusion years since but i shrank from confessing it at any rate selina continued you are not like her nobody would ever guess that you were the child of that lady with the long slanting forehead and the restless look in her eyes what selina had said of me in my mother's portrait other friends had said there was nothing that i know of to interest me in hearing it repeated and yet it set me pondering on the want of resemblance between my mother's face and mine and wondering not for the first time what sort of woman my mother was when my father speaks of her no words of praise that he can utter seem to be good enough for her oh me i wish i was a little more like my mother it began to get dark maria brought in the lamp the sudden brightness of the flame struck my aching eyes as if it had been a blow from a knife i was obliged to hide my face in my handkerchief compassionate selina entreated me to go to bed rest your poor eyes my child and your weary head and try at least to get some sleep she found me very docile i kissed her and said good-night 
i had my own idea when all was quiet in the house i stole out into the passage and listened at the door of my father's room i heard his regular breathing and opened the door and went in the composing medicine of which i was in search was not on the table by his bedside i found it in the cupboard perhaps placed purposely out of his reach they say that some physic is poison if you take too much of it the label on the bottle told me what the dose was i dropped it into the medicine glass and swallowed it and went back to my father very gently so as not to wake him i touched poor papa's forehead with my lips i must have some of your medicine i whispered to him i want it dear as badly as you do then i returned to my own room and lay down in bed waiting to be composed end of chapter thirty recording by warren cotty gurney illinois